Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Now I am re-recording the intro because as I mentioned last week, we are now doing uh, the Wednesday show live. You can come join the wrestling podcast live at youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. I can't give a time. I'm hoping it's going to be 5 p.m. every week, but sometimes my days are crazy. But do come across and watch it live should you so wish. But this week, I cut the beginning off by accident, so I have to record uh, the audio. So you've got a nice introduction, so you know what you're listening to. So there will be a bit of a jarring edit in about 10 seconds. And also make sure you stay tuned to the very end of the podcast where I will reveal who won Fire Pro Wrestling on the PS4. Thank you to everyone who went to. But let's get on with it. It's another episode of my damn podcast. And we're going to talk about everything that's been going down in WWE uh, the past week. We've got loads of stuff to talk about from the Bullet Club, uh, them stopping doing merchandise to SmackDown 1000. We'll start there because I think it's the biggest thing people are talking about this week. Well, apart from some controversial stuff with WWE. But I'm going to wait till that plays out before I give my take on it because I want to see how certain things are all going to... All going to come together. I've also realized I'm meant to be giving away the five copies of uh, Five Pro Wrestling on this. And I have a list with names on it. And I, I, I just had to dig it out. When we give it away, I've got a list of names somewhere. I'll dig it out. It's on my computer. You know, we, it, this is the magic of live, but in post-editing. I'll either edit it or maybe I'll leave it up for everybody to enjoy. Um, as always, I'm on Twitter at SimonReader316, Instagram at SimonReader316. All of this is supported thanks to Patreon.com forward slash SimonReader316. Even if you can give me a dollar, it makes all this so much easier because it means I can free up my time to make sure I can do this stuff. And there is something on YouTube live chat as well called, what is it? Uh, super chat. And if you want to make sure you throw something today, I'll make sure I read out your comment or question. We will do questions at the end of the show, last half an hour, 20 minutes or so. Let's talk about SmackDown 1000. Now, I think uh, it was weird. A lot of people seem to have been down about SmackDown 1000. I feel like they were expecting more of a Raw 25 vibe or at least WWE to do more than they actually did. I didn't necessarily, I didn't feel like WWE were bigging it up as much as they were doing Raw. So when I kind of got a two-hour show that balanced nostalgia with current stars and there were some title changes and all of that, I thought it was all right. It's like, yeah, this is okay. This, this is not a problem. It was, it was a better SmackDown maybe than usual, but I usually enjoy SmackDown most weeks anyway. You can go to What Culture Wrestling and see my ups and downs on there, obviously. But yeah, I just kind of thought it did its job. It ticked its boxes. I certainly wasn't against it. I didn't... Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't come down it the way some people did. So I'm not 100% sure what anybody was expecting. Let me know if you're watching it live. Drop me a comment in there and we can talk about it. But I just thought it was an enjoyable show. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, if we really want to talk about negative stuff, you know, advertising The Undertaker, uh, how, I, I think I remember there was some advertisement maybe a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago. So advertise The Undertaker for him just to come out and say, you know, DX is going to rest in peace at Crown Jewel, slit his throat and walk off. I mean, his guess is good for the live crowd because you get to see The Undertaker live. Be a bit meh, to, to say the least. And I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll take that. And I'm being overly negative here. Again, I thought it was good. But you can kind of say the same when we start talking about the WWE World Cup. Now, my big argument for the WWE World Cup a few weeks ago, a long time ago now, was I thought, you know, we've got to wait until we've got the final lineup before we can start looking at it from a nationality point of view. I mean, why we need to do that anyway, I don't know. It's a WWE World Cup. It's being done for the WWE Crown Jewel event. I mean, you know, I'm going off the Wrestling Observer here. Who knows how true it is? But apparently, because Qatar obviously has the real World Cup, the Football World Cup in 2022, I don't know much about this. This is, I'm, I'm ignorant, I guess. Uh, but Qatar and Saudi Arabia have there's some tensions there, so they want their own World Cup in wrestling. I mean, it's I don't like using the word fake with wrestling, but it's not real, right? So it doesn't really matter what the nationalities are. However, if you do want to try and replicate a World Cup, yes, it is strange that every single person in it is American. And for the lovely people that keep yelling at me on Twitter, Rey Mysterio is American. He was born in San Diego. Originally, I said, you know, he could represent Mexico. And then people came at me and said, Miller, he's from America. Proving that you can't win on the internet. But look, taking him from where people are born, it was six, eight, eight people, eight Americans. So that's a bit strange. But I guess I'll wait... I think the problem is, is that we had people in matches that could have got... I think if we had just been American, 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 American in the qualifying matches too, we could have gone, okay, who really cares? But, you know, Drew McIntyre didn't get in. Rusev didn't get in. Uh, technically, well, not technically at all. Shinsuke Nakamura didn't get in. 
Uh, there must be somebody else that would make up uh, a fourth. Oh, I can't even think. But technically, you know, that's three people that we could have put in there. And given that it does feel like a bit of a throwaway tournament, I actually quite like the idea. I think maybe we could have done more with it if it wasn't for the, um, uh, the the Saudi Arabia show, which does feel a little bit throwaway, much like the Greatest Royal Rumble did. It's like a King of the Ring, right? So I think that wouldn't have been so bad. Again, I understand the convolution there and the critique that why are we saying it's for the best wrestler in the world when you've got a universal and a world champion? Like It kind of just undermines those belts. Ultimately, though, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But yeah, there were, there were small, small negatives because I actually thought the show itself had some really, really positive and some really, really good highlights. The, you know, the evolution stuff especially I thought was awesome. Now, I'm massively biased towards this because I really like Dave Batista. I think Dave Batista is a really good human being. Like, I don't know him, obviously, but from what I pick up from interviews or social media, he seems like a very humble and a very appreciative guy. And, you know, that's what it's all about when you're watching pro wrestling. Who do I warm towards? And knowing what he seems to be like in the real world, it makes me... Yeah, it just makes me like him. So, you know, seeing him there with Evolution, and yeah, it was a bit weird that on SmackDown 1000, the big uh, <laughs> the big selling point was, oh, here's Evolution, the group that were never on SmackDown. But again, if you start worrying about those little things, I think we all go crazy. But they came out, you know, Triple H did his speech, put it over, Ric Flair did his thing, Randy Orton just had fun. You know, Randy Orton was fantastic throughout all of that. Go and watch all the GIFs and video clips of him pretending to RKO people and his reaction to what Batista said. I think he was having the time of his life. But yeah, the real angle here, the real idea, it would seem, is that we are going to start building to Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania 35. Now, I haven't really got a consensus of what people think about this. Uh, personally for me, you know, if Triple H is going to have a big match at WrestleMania, which you presume he would do, i got no problem with him having it against classic names from the past. I think actually that's the most thing, fun thing in the world. So if, if we are doing that, yes, I, I can't, but from what I know, from the little bits of pieces I've pieced together here and there, WWE doesn't really like to build or, or a hint at matches they're not going to do. So anyway, if you don't know, you haven't seen it. Again, ups and downs, what culture? You can go check that out. It's out right now. Uh, we'll wait till this is finished, and then you can go. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, Batista got on the mic. He said he's happy to be back. He does this for the fans. He's missed everybody. And then, you know, finished it off by, you know, with the big, you know, uh, put over Triple H and said, this man's done everything in this business, apart from beat me, which I think is true. I don't think Triple H ever did beat him. Uh, maybe at some point. They had a little laugh, but you could see there was a friction there. There was, you know, their faces kind of, kind of dropped after a while. And I just thought it was a great angle. I, I thought it was a great way. It wasn't just evolution on SmackDown for the sake of trying to get people on the show, uh, which they could have done. You could argue that's what they did with The Undertaker. And that's what they did with what Vicky Guerrero, John Laritas, and Teddy Long. I thought that segment was cringy. I just did. Same with Booker T and Jerry Lawler. I think because it felt like just trying to get legends on the show. And I think they're better than that, I guess is my point. But if we start building to WrestleMania 35 now, we get more appearances by Batista, and that's one of the marquee matches in six months' time, where it is. Absolutely. I got two thumbs up from me. And in hindsight, it will make SmackDown 1000 feel even more exciting. So I'm definitely all in for that. I thought the opening segment was ridiculous in the best possible way, too. I mean, who would have thought SmackDown 1000 would have started with R-Truth and Carmella doing Truth TV or whatever the hell it's called? But... Obviously, it was just a way to get all the McMahons out there, which I got no problem with. It's no surprise that Shane, Stephanie, and Vince would, uh, not even book him, they weren't in the end, but, you know, kick those things off. It's their show, and it's, it's just tradition now. And also, you know, Vince McMahon got cheered like he was the biggest hero in the world. Again, there's controversy behind the scenes. Let's not forget about that. I think it's important from a moral point of view, as I said on Ups and Downs, to continually go back to that, because, again, I think it's kind of hard. You don't want to talk about it too much, because I get it. Some people just want to watch wrestling for entertainment. I completely appreciate that. But, again, from a moralistic point of view, I think you just have to give it a little bullet point, which is what I'm doing there. But it was fun, and seeing them all dance at the end. Still one of those moments where I worry that non-wrestling people will have seen this, and then it's like trying to explain, well, you can't. You can't, but I thought as a, as a start, it was it was good. And I like the whole AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan teaming with each other to take on the Usos. Now, it kind of sucks that Usos feel a bit of limbo at the moment. They don't have much of a feud. And I don't even think they've been on SmackDown in the last few weeks. But that's kind of felt old school to me. I remember we used to, who else did we do that? I think Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels teamed up when they were feuding. I think The Rock and Steve Austin teamed up when they were feuding. Uh, somebody was tag, John Cena was tag champions with someone for a while, right? And they were feuding. I can't remember. But there's been, mo- I, I really like that storyline where two people that are rivals team up for a while. 
to, you know, have a random tag team match, even though it makes no sense. Well, who would book this? It makes no sense within a kayfabe world. But I liked it. And, you know, from the moment Daniel Bryan came out and interrupted AJ Styles' music, you could see all the tension there. And, yeah, it ended with a fracas because Daniel Bryan smashed into AJ Styles and then AJ Styles, uh, you know, uh, got hit with the Usos. But anyway, the Usos beat them because they couldn't get it together. And now it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's just a way... It's just a way to get those weeks out of the way before we get to the actual match and build bad blood between them because a week ago on Miz TV, there was respect there. We need to sort of chip away at that a little bit and the tag team angle is a really good way to do it. I shouldn't mention this. That's caught my eye. Again, I will get to as many of the comments as I can. In the last half an hour of the show, we'll just do Q&As. I've got a load of questions from my Facebook group, Simon's Pro Wrestling Facebook, uh, Podcast on Facebook. Um, but I will get one some from here as well. Again, the super chat stuff, if you use that, I'll definitely make sure I use your question. But Sebastian Hogland says, a grown man talks about wrestling, question mark. Yeah, man. No negativity here, but I caught it from the corner of my eye and I have this conversation a lot. I never want to live in a world where just because I'm past a certain age, I have to pretend not to like something. I'd rather die. <laughs> and I mean that. I love wrestling. I'm passionate about it. As far as I'm concerned, if I can remain a, remain a big kid from the rest of my life to the day I die... Two thumbs up from me. So none of that. You can take it out of there. Oh, he's back. This is for kids. Yeah, good. I'd love to be a kid. What do you want me to do? I'd rather... Let's go watch Banker TV. <laughs> this is so weird for people listening on the audio version. Let's move on. Let's not focus on this. And also, the last thing, I don't want to go through the whole show as it was, but I do want to talk about the Becky Lynch cutting edge Charlotte feud as well. I think the Charlotte-Becky Lynch feud has gone to show that this archaic way that sometimes we do fall into, in WWE especially, of this is the women's segment, or we must use this to get all the women involved uh, in, in part of the show, is just done. Because it's we've given it time, there's genuine emotion to it, I, I believe in it. It's just, it's just so well done, and I have a real affinity for both wrestlers, and I can actually start to choose well, who do I want to cheer, who do I want to boot. Now, it is hilarious, because WWE has managed to has managed to book themselves into a, um, a situation where it's literally, uh, what do you call it, um, a reverse Roman Reigns, sorry, I was doing something, a reverse Roman Reigns situation, which is hilarious, because you think, you think that they would understand, well, you think they'd look at the Roman Reigns situation and not have an again, but in a way, I respect it, and that sounds bizarre, but I do, in a way, I respect it that they really have an idea of how they want the story to go, and they believe in their own storytelling prowess, that's how you've got to be, you've got to be confident in this world, but by this stage, if you have seen what's happening over on Raw and you've got evidence of what's happening between Becky Lynch and Charlotte and you still want to push Becky as a proper heel and it's not working, I think eventually you've got to throw your hands up in the air and go, look, guys, we can't do this. And that's why I think that that line was written for her. If you don't know, it was the cutting edge. And Edge, really good edge here. I thought we used Edge perfectly. He took his star power and he injected it into this feud. He didn't take anything away from it, but nor did his edge. He can come back tomorrow, nobody would care. You know, he's, he's, he's built up his legacy. Uh, you know, he's got our respect. But I think somebody came up with this line for Becky Lynch, thinking she'd get booed at the building, because again, everybody loves Edge. So she says to Edge, you know, Edge is saying to her, you know, you remind me of me, you remind me of me, um, you know, you have to fight for everything you get, but if you keep giving up your friends and you're only focused on your titles, you're going to be an old lady looking at your accomplishments, and you're going to be lonely, and you're going to hate yourself, or you're not going to like yourself. Becky Lynch just goes, you're right, I don't like myself, I love myself, now get out of my ring and don't break your neck on the way out. Now that is obviously a heel line to say, but it's also badass. It's something that, I know people keep saying this, but it is true. It's something that Stone Cold Steve Austin would have said. Like, it just is like that don't give a shit attitude. So I thought that was great. The crowd loved it. Charlotte Flair properly got booed when she came out. I, I'm on the side where I think it's kind of been, she, she hasn't been booed, but Becky Lynch has been cheered. She absolutely got a negative reaction when she came down. But yeah, I just thought, I just, top stuff. Top stuff from, from Becky Lynch. And I can't see how all of a sudden it's going to switch back around now. I think you've got Becky Lynch as the face. And Charlotte's kind of just being booed by proxy now. She's just in that position where they, they've got a great character. That's why. And sometimes I think, you know, you can argue that WWE doesn't have... Well, they do have great characters. Becky's just pulling off hers better than a lot of other people that are there. Rey Mysterio also came back on SmackDown 1000. Obviously beat Nakamura to qualify for the WWE World Cup. I think the best thing now is because Rey Mysterio has such... Um, he's Rey Mysterio, right? You either love him or hate him. He's not going to... You know, his his legacy could go up, but he's a, he's a legend anyway, is my point. He's Rey Mysterio. He doesn't need to get over or, or prove, him, prove himself. So he has lost a lot of the bulk that he had when he was in WWE last time around. 
And I understand why he had that before, because, you know, it, it is a big man place. But things have changed. And now that he has leaned down, he is so good in the ring. And he is so smooth, either at what? He must be in his 40s, I guess? What an incredible pro wrestler. And I think someone, when we look back, and he's actually retired and you can draw a line under it, I think we'll look back at what Rey Mysterio did in his career and just be like, that guy... That guy changed changed everything. Like he changed he changed everything. Like he he I think he's been so he's been such a oh I can't think of the right word, but such an inspiration for the pro wrestling product we know now and kind of accepting people, not us necessarily as fans, but as a whole, the business. I hate using that term, the industry. Accepting smaller dudes, you know, as as world champions or as main eventers. And I think Rey Mysterio has been impeccably important to that. So that was a great match. And other things happen, but I don't think anything. We, again, I don't want to run. I don't want to run through it step by step. But I enjoyed when it finished. I, I, the best thing I heard, and the best thing I saw, and I agree with this, is people wanted a third hour for SmackDown One Thousand, and that's what we should always have. We should always have that feeling of watching more because it probably means in a year's time, a year's time, whatever. Maybe they will do SmackDown One Thousand Three Hundred Sixty Five, but it means the next week you want to tune back in again. And I feel like with Raw, especially, we've lost that. And I understand the three hours. I think it's kind of a done-to-death topic by this stage. You know, that ad revenue they get in the extra hour is going to... It pays. And USA, you know, the TV that show that the TV network that runs... Uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me. That runs um, WWE in America. They make more money. WWE makes more money. So it makes more sense. Like, it's detrimental to the show because three hours is too long for everything. <coughs> excuse me. It's too long for anything. However, I, I just miss... I think the major reason I'd like it to go to two hours... A... I mean, you are going to have a problem with the roster, right? There's no two ways about that. The roster right now in WWE is completely stacked. I mean, I'll forget somebody here, of course, but Sanity weren't on the show. Uh, you know, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable could only get two minutes. There was something, Jinder Mahal is just an afterthought at this stage. There was somebody else who didn't, who didn't turn up. I can't remember. Ty Dillinger was one, but that's not who I was thinking of. But there's so many dudes that have... You know, got kind of got in half into storylines and then vanished again because there's just too many people. And even with, we'll take five hours of TV from Raw and SmackDown, it's still hard to get them on. So sure, if you make that four hours, that's a new hurdle to overcome with. But I actually think the stories that they're telling and the superstars they've got, if we could just get rid of some of that extra fat, I think there would be a bigger buzz about WWE now. I think we would enjoy it more. Well, I enjoy it anyway on that guy. But I think in general, we would enjoy it more... Um, as a, just as a product, and maybe not overthink it as much. I think it would just it would flow faster. I think we would get to the end of Raw, and we go, "Oh man, I can't wait for next week." I mean, it probably would also get rid of the the fact that we saw the Shield versus Braun, Dolph, and Drew again <laughs> for the third time. And don't forget, throughout that three-hour Raw as well, we'd have combinations of that. We'd had Drew versus Seth, and we'd have Dean versus Dolph. Is that right? I think I got the wrong way around. And then to then take those two, put it again, but just add Roman and Braun, who are obviously going to feud into Crown Jewel. It was like, this is it's a lot of wash, rinse, repeat. And I think we could clean that up a bit and get some other people involved. And also, I just don't think the Shield reunion is working as a lot of people had thought. I don't necessarily think that it's bad. I know a lot of people that love the Shield reunion. I think I really think that the problem, the issues are out of WWE's hands. When they reunited at the end of 2017, I think Roman Reigns got injured or sick, or I think it was when the pneumonia thing went round. Or that's what they said. You, you had whatever nostalgia you had, whatever sort of outpouring of love was there. For, oh, the Shield are back. That was taken away then. So when they reunite this year. It just does. It kind of. I feel, you feel like you've already seen it, and that's because you have. And I'm sure they still would have been together by this point if we didn't have to. Do you remember Kurt Angle's in the Shield and then Triple H on the house shows? So that didn't help at all, and it kind of has restricted Dean Ambrose's comeback because he's kind of just fallen back into a pattern. So I think that sucks. So now, I, I mean, they're teasing it, right? And they teased it hard on on Raw because Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins actually got into a little scrap. Said so Dean Ramos went to Dirty Deeds. Seth Rollins, I would turn Dean Ambrose heel as quickly as possible. I don't think we need to wait around on it. I don't think we need to worry about it. You know, the fact he's only just come back. I think we can pull the trigger on that. Maybe even lead into a WrestleMania program between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, which I think was the plan for 34, but obviously Dean Ambrose got injured. And switching those around with Dean Ambrose as the heel and Seth as the face, I actually think it's going to be a great feud. And I think Seth Rollins right now is... I think if, if he's allowed to shift back to being an individual on Raw I'm talking I think AJ Styles is probably smashing it better Samoa Joe wasn't on Smackdown by the way I've just realised that's nonsense I should have talked about that ups and downs I didn't um, 
Yeah, I think Seth Rollins can be the biggest babyface on Raw. And I actually think him being in the Shield has taken away from that a bit. We've got a Y video based on that going on What Culture Soon, which, yes, I, I saw. I was inspired by a thread on Reddit, but they get the relevant shout-outs. I'd never think of doing anything otherwise. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'd like to see that kind of piece apart. Mostly as well, because the amount of tag team... Oh, the amount of tag team... The amount of championships we're, that are being lost right now is ridiculous. Universal champion may as well be on Brock Lesnar. The amount of focus he gets on Raw. IC championship is lost, because obviously that's Seth Rollins. And the tag team champions have been eaten up by Drew and Dolph. I like all those people as those champions. Even Roman as champion, I thought was going to be good, because I thought, again, we'd see it every week. But this Shield versus Dogs of War, whatever they're called, mess up, is just... Yeah, I, I just think it's convoluting the issue uh, the issue a little bit. But we'll see. We'll see. I did like the fact that Drew Claymore kicked Braun Strowman in the face. I think, you know, break them up as quickly as possible. It doesn't even feel... Braun Strowman doesn't even need a posse, it doesn't feel like to me. I don't know how that works, because obviously Roman Reigns is in a feud with Braun Strowman. And also, if we're doing Drew versus Braun, I don't really get who the face and the heel is, because... Well, no, I guess, I guess the only thing I worry about is Braun Strowman... People want to cheer Braun Strowman, but if you then turn him back face... After he was a heel so quickly, it's going to be a little bit weird. But Drew McIntyre to me has all the upside in the world. I was lucky enough to have some brief chats with him when he was wrestling for WCPW slash Defiant. He's a lovely guy, really gets wrestling, really passionate, works hard. I mean, you don't need to tell you this. You can tell from, you know, just, just seeing the man. But he's got everything that WWE wants as well. You know, he's got talents or gifts, I should say, that you're born with. Height, for example. You know, you can't train height. Uh, I mean, that, that makes it sound disparaging. He's still worked his ass off, everything else. But he's all, my point is, not only has he worked his ass off and got better and better and better, he's also got the look that they like. Push that together, I, I think the future is very... Well, I hope the future is very bright for Drew McIntyre because I just think he's wonderful. I just I, th I think he's got every... There's no downside to him right now. And uh, he's another... He's like Cody Rhodes, but almost in reverse because he's gone back to WWE. And if he hadn't got let go, then I don't think he would have got to... Well, maybe he would have done, but I think it lit a fire under him. So... And I'll take Drew and Dolph being a team for a while after as Drew McIntyre goes after Strowman. I'm all right with that. But I do want to see the tag team titles defended on Raw. Uh, if all the titles could start to feel important again, I think that's going to help both Raw and SmackDown. I was watching it with someone the other day who doesn't really watch wrestling, and they were asking about the titles. It's, and it's, it's hard to explain. Well, they wear it because they're the Intercontinental Champion, but they're not going to talk about it because it's not relevant to the story right now, even though the idea of all these people is to try and win belts. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So it always, uh, it always makes me chuckle. But I thought Raw was actually... Raw, this week, to me, felt like a show that had to be booked in order not to ruffle any feathers given everything else going on outside of the actual television program. So, you know, that that's my take on it. And that's pretty much it. I don't think anything else much to say. Again, if you want sort of a step-by-step -step thing, please do watch ups and downs on what culture on what culture wrestling. I'm intrigued to see what we're going to do over the next few weeks. I do think it's going to get very messy as we book for Evolution and Crown Jewel, especially, again, with everything going on with Crown Jewel 2. So that's kind of like... That's the network era, though, right? That's I think that's kind of indicative of, of where we are right now, in that we, we can do that. Just because you can doesn't mean that you should, but we are certainly doing that at the moment. Uh, and again, there's the you know there's the argument or the the I don't want to say cynical because actually quite I don't think I think it's hard to argue. So I don't think it's cynical at all, but it's certainly uh, difficult to know that on a Sunday you've got WWE Evolution, this is Sunday, and then on a Friday you've got the Saudi Arabia show and you know all the problems of that, the, the first problems. That's difficult. And I'm, I'll be the first one to put my hands up and say I agree with all of that. But also, we'll see. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter because the women have their own story going on, but I think I would have preferred it if the spotlight and the highlight right now was just on Evolution. But it's not. And there's not much we can there's not much we can do about that. Also, if you're interested, before we move off WWE, Chris Jericho did a very interesting tweet where somebody asked him if he was going to be on SmackDown a thousand or something like that, and he just responded saying, Nobody asked me. I don't know what the situation with Chris Jericho is and WWE. I would imagine their relationship is still fine. But that could be interesting. Something I thought I would I would throw out there. Uh, right, I want to talk about the Bound for Glory stuff, because I, I love it. I, mean, I do love it. I got loads of people tweeting me at Simon 316 saying Oh, Miller, what do you think of the Bound for Glory stuff? What do you think of Austin Aries? Work, shoot, work, shoot. I don't really want to pick one because it can, you know, it's so easy in 2018 to get confused. And that's why I like it. There are certain elements that I didn't necessarily like. Like, I think at one point someone said, oh, they went off the script. I never want to hear that in wrestling. That is WCW 2000, 2001 um, dialogue. <clears throat> that didn't work well. 
But the best thing about it is when Bound for Glory went off air, and I planned to watch Bound for Glory, but I thought, oh, I'll watch it Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. Whenever I get around to it, I'll, you know, I'll put it on. It looked like a good card, and I like Johnny Impact a lot. But instead, I woke up, and it was everywhere on Twitter. Did, you know, was it a work? Was it a shoot? Did Austin Aries go into business for himself? And it made me want to watch the show. Now, I think at the moment, Impact needs stuff like that. I think if you do stuff like this too much, it waters down the project, much like you know, World Championship Wrestling happened there. But... In this instance, when they do need people more eyes on them, it got me interested, and now I still don't know what's going on. Like the latest rumor, I think, that came out today is that Austin Aries had plans, or they'd written him into the shows because they, they taped a load of Impact shows 24 hours later, but he went home. Now, again, we don't know what's being leaked out to us, and we don't know what's what. Like again, loads of people were saying, oh, they didn't even fill in the other wrestlers about what's going on, but that doesn't... That doesn't necessarily mean it was a shot at them. Because in 2018, if you're trying to do a work shoot, as we'll call it, you can't tell anybody else because they may talk about it on Twitter or social media or say it to somebody else who then go on Twitter. You do really need to keep it between two or three people, much like when WWE brings back big wrestlers. If you tell anybody and they accidentally let it slip, you just lost your surprise. So I don't know if it's real or not. I don't know. I'm not going to comment on Austin Aries' personality or what he's done in the past. I don't think that's right of me to talk about at all. If it does turn out that it wasn't planned and Austin Aries did just do all of this because he was pissed off, then yeah, that sucks. It's unprofessional. And I don't think anybody, even as a wrestling fan, wants to see that, even if there is an upside to it where Impact are concerned. But I've got to wait and see. But I think if it turns out to all be part of the story, Impact have done an absolutely terrific job in getting people to chat about them, but also questioning what they're seeing. And that's, you know, the death of kayfabe, right? That's what we all say, how are we meant to believe in wrestling when we all know what the deal is? Well, you do stuff like this, or you come up with new ideas. You come up with original original concepts. And they've done that over the last few days. I've seen more people talking about impact, like I say, this week than I have done in ages. Whether or not that helps with TV ratings, I don't know. I would imagine maybe it doesn't, because it feels like the people that would talk about this are arguably the people that are always watch, already watching Impact. But we'll find out. At least there's been a buzz. And I like buzzes. I'm, I'm all excited. <laughs> I get all excited about buzzes. I'm just going to... I just thought, just in case, sometimes news breaks when I'm doing these podcasts. And then I'm like, oh, no, I didn't talk about it. <laughs> so I'm just going to open up a wrestling news site. That's uh, so why I've got it down. The other thing I want to talk about is that the Bullet Club have come out this week. Uh, you know, Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks, uh, there we are, Mighty Scale, those people, and said that they're no longer going to make Bullet Club t-shirts. And that the latest run they've uh, released will be their last. With Tamatonga, who I love, by the way, also on Twitter, fueling the fires that they're all going to WWE. I don't necessarily think that's the case. My take on it, uh, as somebody asked me on Twitter, is Tamatonga, if he actually thinks they're going to WWE, I don't think he's going to promote that fact to the world because it is just pointing some of the biggest stars in the company at their competition. I don't think anybody would do that. But I actually think it makes perfect business sense Business sense if they are going to retire the Bullet Club merchandise for them. Because the Bullet Club belongs to New Japan. That's their name. That's their property. I don't know what deal they have. But my gut tells me that the percentage of whatever they're making, or they paid a huge lump sum, I don't know how it works, is going to New Japan. And they're huge stars now. Like Marty Scurll is a huge star. Uh, Cody Rose, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Page, Hangman Page. They're all huge stars in the wrestling business now. So they're probably saying to themselves... Well, surely we can just do, you know, we don't have to pay this percentage. We don't have to even worry about that. We can just do our own thing, come up with our own shirts, and they'll probably still just sell. I can't imagine people not buying their shirts anymore just because they're not Bullet Club aligned. So I think this all just ties into what they're trying to do in the wrestling world. I don't think they made any decisions as of yet. I know Cody Rhodes came out on an interview recently and said, look, anything's possible. And then there were the rumors of the, from the Wrestling Observer this week or last week saying there's actually unrest in the New Japan locker room because there's new management and some people don't feel like they're being treated in the right way and they feel disrespected. And now people that never thought about leaving the company are actually looking at their options. So all of that is interesting. And maybe there is a huge, uh, a huge change and loads of people do, do head to WWE. It will keep us talking. And my, my thing is always, you know, a competition creates creativity. So ideally, I want everybody to be doing well because obviously it gives wrestlers more places to work and it keeps everybody else on their toes. And that's when we get the best product. But it's up to the wrestlers. You know, I'm never going to sit here and, and criticize or, or say, oh, they shouldn't do that. I also don't believe in this whole, well, he sold out. What does that even mean? You know, in, if you're in any kind of business, the idea is always to try and make as much money as possible. doesn't mean that you're not more into the passion or the sort of personal side of it, but money always always talks. So whatever guy, whatever those guys want to do, is two thumbs up from me. 
And it'll be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what happens over the next few months. Rumor is their contract ends around January. Obviously, have Wrestle Kingdom then. Tanahashi versus Omega will tell us a lot. They've always said they're going to go everywhere together. If Kenny Omega comes out of Wrestle Kingdom still as the IWGP champion, I don't think... Well, he's not leaving New Japan. They wouldn't do that. It'd be crazy. And, I, and even if he does lose, you can see... Well, I can certainly see a situation or a scenario where... Kenny Omega loses in the Tokyo Dome, but he wins it back at Madison Square Garden three months later. What a moment that will be, right? Biggest American star in New Japan wins it back in the biggest uh, state, you know, the most famous arena in the world, as they say. It's good. There's a lot going in across across all wrestling right now. Obviously, in a few hours, uh, uh, two and a half hours, as I say these words, WWE NXT UK starts airing on the network. I'm sure that will be awesome. So, yeah, there's just a lot of good going on. Right, let me just go and check there's no other news before we do answer some questions, which we always do here on Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. If this is the first time that you've joined us, and thank you very much for joining us. This is only the second time we've done it live. Well, no, we did it live back in the day, but it's only the second time we've done it live in, in the new version of Simon Miller's uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast. But again, if you want to listen to audio, you certainly can. Just search for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, whatever it is, SoundCloud. It's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And again, cheap plug for my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Uh, you go there, and that's how I make all this possible. You know, I treat it as a job because you have to. It's a business, as they say. And the more money that goes into that, the more time I can take to dedicate to my own personal projects, which I love. I don't think anything else has happened today. It all looks, you know, it all, it, it all looks kind of, you know, it's all the talk's been focused on. And that's that. Let's answer some questions. I'll, I'll, I'll go load them up. Uh, make sure, you know, I'll keep an eye on the comments. If there is anything that I haven't mentioned and you'd like me to talk about, please throw it in there and I absolutely will. But for now, we'll head on to, again, you can join the Facebook group, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Give us a like. I will always ask for questions in there. Uh, and again, because we are on YouTube as well, there's a super chat thing. I'll make sure I definitely answer all those questions that come up with there, but I will keep an eye out on the on the list anyway to, to answer as many as I can. Start with Richard Ingman. I think we start with Richard last week. I like how quickly you get in there. If for some reason Drew McIntyre doesn't become Universal WWE Champion, then who else do you think could be the first British WWE Champ? Are Tyler Bates and Pete Dunne too small to be seen as main eventers by the old guard running the ship? No, I don't think so, especially when you kind of... When when you when you listen to how glowing the glowing terms that Triple H talks about Pete Dunne in, I think he probably absolutely sees him as a future a future world champion. And why not? I think we're past that era. Or at least I hope we're past that era. I think it all depends how people catch on and what storylines you can work out for them. And you know how how yeah, it's an organic thing, right? It's a natural thing. You never know until it happens. I think Drew McIntyre will do it. Would be my would be my gut feeling anyway. I think he should do it. I think, you know, he's putting the time, the work, and he's got the, everything we talked about earlier. But yeah, I think Tyler Bate could do it. I think Pete Dunne could do it. I think there's a thousand people that could do it. You know, the British Bulldogs should have done it back in the day. Bad News Barrett should have been treated that way. He was easily a world champion, at least a contender, if nothing else. But yeah, any of those three dudes could do it. And I hope they do. Uh, it's long overdue, especially because, you know, I'm British. Excuse me. Grant Weaving. Good morning, Simon. Good morning, Grant, or afternoon now. This might happen on Raw tonight, but do you want to see the Bellas create a stable with the current Divas in WWE? You could have them saying that they helped the evolution of women's wrestling, and then there could be a 5x5 five five at Survivor Series. Not my idea. It was on Sam Roberts' podcast. Well, at least you're honest. Shout out to Sam Roberts. He's a good dude. Um... I actually quite like. I think what they. I think the situation or the, the the structure we have now between Ronda Rousey and the Bellas is great. I thought the promo by Ronda on Raw was fantastic. I thought the way Nikki and Bree sold all that and even let that happen was awesome as well. No, I just think we could go on like this. I mean, you know, Ronda kind of hinted at all the Divas stuff, but no, I would just keep letting this tick over. I don't think we need to overthink it. I think the heat is there. You know, Ronda is the clear babyface. Nikki and Bree are the clear heels. Still makes no sense why all of a sudden Brie Bella ain't on SmackDown no more, but whatever. She's another Triple H. She's got two different people. Triple H's got six. Steph got two. Three. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think they, they, they put everything in place. I don't think we need to overcomplicate it would be my, uh, would, would be my guess. So I mean, it's a good idea. It would be interesting. And yeah, maybe, you know what? I didn't think about Survivor Series. Maybe if you want to do that after Evolution for Survivor Series, absolutely. But right now, I think um, I would keep it simple. Uh, Bradley Luke, hi Simon, hope you're doing well. Thank you, Bradley, you too. Saw you at the Defiant Show in Sheffield on Thursday and I really enjoyed it. Well, that's very nice. Uh, I shook Will Ospreay's hand and I felt very overwhelmed and anxious after. How do you cope when you get to meet the big wrestling stars? 
I don't want to sound like a dick here, which means I'm going to sound like a dick. But I've never, look, don't get me wrong, I get really, really excited when I know I'm going to meet a, a proper celebrity or somebody, I don't like the term celebrity, a, a, someone that means something to me in my life, right? So, you know, I could meet, oh, I don't know, I had to think of a name now. I could meet Robbie Williams tomorrow, who's a UK pop star, if you don't know. And it wouldn't, I don't say it wouldn't mean anything to me, it'd be a cool story, but I don't have an emotional attachment to him. So it'd just be a cool, oh, I met Robbie Williams today. But when I meet a wrestler, yes, I have that, but I just don't get that nervous and I don't know why. Uh, especially if I'm interviewing them. I guess because I feel like I have a job to do, maybe. I don't know, I can't answer that. It's just it's just an inert thing, uh, inert thing within me. But I think it's nice having those kind of feelings, right? I think, you know, it, it, that, that's what life's all about. You, you felt overwhelmed and anxious because you enjoyed it. And you obviously look up to Will Ospreay, and now you have a little story that you can always tell. It's your adrenaline pumping around you. I think those things... Um, or never lose it. I've never really had that. I guess I'm just, again, we're all built in different ways. But no, absolutely, absolutely never lose that. I, I think that's a great thing to hold on to. Brian Thurman, how far would you be willing to accept the supernatural in wrestling? Undertaker's lightning presses uh, credibility in today's wrestling, and Demon Finn Balor stretches suspension of disbelief, but where is the fine line? You're going to hate me, Brian. I am, I am all about nonsense in wrestling. I love all that lightning stuff. I loved it when Kane was there firing firebolts out of his hand. <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt stuff. I don't the Finn Balor. I just I don't mind it because if somebody pulls it off with the confidence, like someone the Undertaker has done for what twenty eight years or whatever it's been, I can buy into it. Because if they don't think it's silly, neither do I. And it's like if I watch a TV show. It, as long as it's everything is done in in the nature that it's meant to be, I got no problem with it. So no, I don't think there is a line. Well, I mean, Lucha Underground is the line for some people, right? But I still enjoy it there because it makes it feel different. So, no, I don't mind it. Don't get me wrong. We talk about it. It's ridiculous. The Undertaker especially. His unknown dead brother came back from the supposed dead. And now he wears a... I mean, (laughs) this goes on. But there's some of my favorite memories. So, you know, if WWE wants to be super silly... Go, go super silly. And I'll be the first to admit, I'm not... I like Finn Balor. The demon gimmick's okay... But it doesn't click with me. I think that's the best thing about wrestling. That's why I don't want there ever to be boundaries on it. Because you never know. I was talking to someone the other day. They've got kids. And their favorite thing was Finn Balor, the demon. They loved it. So I'm like, well, that's what wrestling's all about. Uh, Syed Shah. Is WWE moving the deal to North Korea good for business? I haven't heard about this. Or is this just going to prove the point from Saturday's podcast about WWE going the route of F1? I mean, I really would implore everyone, if you haven't heard my podcast on Sunday or Saturday, over the weekend that went up, uh, we had a Patreon member on. Again, you can do that uh, for patrons, patreon.com, force assignment of 316. And if you enter a relevant tier, you can come on the podcast. And we had James on, who came up with this incredible idea that WWE is kind of following the same steps that F1 has. And I'm not going to get into it here because we talked about it a lot there, but it's true. You know, taking these big money deals to try and get a bigger spotlight on those countries. I mean, the whole problem with both of them is the political thing, right? It's the political climate and a moral thing now too. But that that's the issue. So no, I don't think moving to North Korea... I think you move to North Korea, you're still treading on the same toes. And I think that's the issue. Um, So I would... I mean, I personally would just stay away from that. But I'm just, I'm just, I'm just one man. But no, I don't think you jump out of one fire into another pot of fire. No more fire. Christopher Brown, do you ever watch old wrestling and daydream about modern stars interrupting? Recently, I was watching the OSW review of old WCW pay-per-views, and Hogan was being his usual annoying self, and I kind of spaced out. And imagine Samoa Joe coming down and just obliterating Hogan. It made me pretty happy. (laughs) Uh, Cheers from Bret Hart Country. Well, Christopher, I I admire your your, uh, imagination. No, I, I won't lie, I've never done that, but I would like to start. The best thing about your scenario is if that, that would never happen back in the day. Hogan McGuire ain't dropping out to Samoa Joe. He's too small or he's not in shape, which is nuts, right? Because Samoa Joe is one of the best wrestlers ever. But no, I would like to start doing that. I'm trying to fantasy book it now in my head. A lot of it would be my dad Goldberg coming out and doing something. When Goldberg kicks people's ass, it's just the best. But no, I like that. I, like, I think that's really good. I think if somebody can... Any animators out there should make that, you know, Attitude Era with, with current day stars. I also like that you do it that way around. It's not like Hogan interrupting today, it's Samoa Joe interrupting back then. That's much more interesting. I haven't done it though. I should. I've let myself down. Jaden Wiggins. Assuming Crown Jewel goes ahead and there's a possibility after the fact we get Taker and Shawn Michaels in a singles match, do you think that this is the last program of Mark Calloway's wrestling career? I think that most people who didn't wish he was already retired are hoping so. Do you think there are more guys Taker wants to work with before he calls it a day? Or will the conclusion of his decades-long feud with HBK be where he hangs up his boots? What do you think, Simon? 
I think we talked about this last week. My If Michaels is coming back to face The Undertaker at WrestleMania 35, and look, I, I don't necessarily need to see it, but from a marquee point of view, if we can start advertising Batista versus Triple H and The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, that's a good WrestleMania. It's going to get a lot of interest and a lot of sort of laps fans coming back. My thing now is that if they are going to do that, I think you do a career match, right? I think it's Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. If Shawn Michaels wins, he has he retires the Undertaker. But it's also the end for him. And you kind of get this poetic thing where they walk off together. Even though the Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels because it's pro wrestling, somehow Shawn Michaels retired the Undertaker. They can shake hands, draw a line under it all. Um, i got no problem with them doing that at all. i got no problem with Shawn Michaels coming back. It's not my life. I, I'm not here to criticize someone f- for doing something that he wants to, especially for... Well, it's different with all where it's happening, but in terms of him coming back, I, I've got no problem with it. Uh, in terms of Undertaker, though, I've always said the same thing. He should retire when he wants to retire. You can, we can talk about diminishing legacies or it not helping the character or whatever we want to say. But ultimately, when he does retire, we'll all forget about that. And we'll just remember when he was awesome and badass. And also, once he does walk away forever, that is it. So I think Undertaker should just keep doing his thing as long as he wants to do it. If there's guys, I mean, probably not. I think he's faced everyone now, and he probably knows his best days are behind him. But just keep going. Just keep going. And when you want to go, I'll be the first to say thank you. You you were brilliant. One of the best ever. Michael Carlson, if you're on a desert island and you can only pick one wrestling streamer service to watch, what would it be? Well, it'd be WWE Network. I mean, it's probably got more content than any other ones. It's got all my favorite ones from when I was a kid. You know, I could watch Attitude Era, I could watch New Generation, I could watch the Hogan stuff, or Hogan Era, I call it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's got too much content, and I, I and I resonate with it, WWE, more than any other company throughout my wrestling life. Nothing else could even come close, regardless of what we think about the product today. Joe McKinnon. Hi, Simon. Big congrats on the podcast and all your success. That's very nice, Joe. One of my favorites and the fan base you've created is such a nice and open group, which directly reflects from your such from your likable and positive personality. Well, Joe, you just rubbed my ego. That was very kind of you. Thank you, Joe. That's really nice. However, I think we need a name for the fan base. Is there already a name for us as a group or have you got any in mind? I've never even thought about it, Joe, but I will put it out to the masses. Tweet me at Simon316. What do we call the, 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 the group of Miller? I've got nothing top of my head. But it's out there now, Joe. We'll get some ideas and we'll throw it back. James Harvey. I asked this a few weeks ago, but from what's been happening and your reactions on ups and downs, I think it changes your answer. When Dean turns heel, do we cheer? Does he go the same way as Becky has in popularity? What happens to Seth? We assume Dean will turn on Seth and that's the feud. So does Seth get booed? No, I think Seth Rollins got to a point now where he's a proper babyface. And that's why I think the Shield got in the way. Before that happened... He was a top Intercontinental Championship trying to make that belt mean something. Fans are going to like that. He was getting proper cheers and people wanted to see him. Like when they were in Canada, he got a ridiculous evasion. So no, I don't think... I think you could turn Dean Ambrose in a way... Maybe Dean Ambrose still gets cheered, but I don't think Seth Rollins gets booed. I still think you can tell a good story there. It could happen. Not saying you're not wrong. Absolutely it could happen. But my gut would be that we get away with it and we can actually do something. Uh, Also, are you going to do a Let's Play for 2K19? I am... When my damn laptop turns up. It's a long conversation. I won't bore you with it here. If you are a patron, go watch today's Q&A. All the information there. I promise you, live streaming in abundance is coming as soon as I sort this laptop out. It's, it's been ridiculous. Jeffrey Hayes. Hey, Simon. Loving the podcast. I went to the Australian show last weekend and loved the Betty Murphy versus Cedric match, even though I saw no build to it. My questions are, one, has there been any matches that you thought you wouldn't be interested in that have surprised you recently? I don't think so off the top of my head. No, I'm going to say. I mean, there will be, but I can't think. I watch a lot of wrestling, so usually I kind of have... Um, maybe I think, yeah, Bally Muffy and Cedric Moore. I don't watch 205 Live as much as I want to. See, I, I throw that in there, but the hometown crowd helped a lot. Let me think about it. I'll come back to you. What has been your favorite moment match that you have seen live? Uh, also, I hope your shoulder gets better soon. All the best. Thank you, Jeffrey. Well... I got to go to the NXT before WrestleMania 32 when Nakamura debuted in NXT. And from the buzz that was in that building to the match itself to just the sheer atmosphere, I think that was my favorite live moment that, that I've ever seen. That I, I was lucky to be at WrestleMania 24 as well when I saw Ric Flair get retired by, retired by Shawn Michaels. That was a moment as well. In terms of moments, actually, I was because I was all in, and I experienced that first match when the crowd was louder than any crowd I've ever heard in my life. That absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely would get. It made me feel emotional because it was just like this wall of noise that makes you go, "Oh man, what is this?" 
So, yeah, I mean, I mean those. And thank you for the nice words about your shoulder. If you don't know, I'm going to do a video on it soon. It looks very likely that I'm going to have to have surgery uh, next month. Just trying to sort a, a day out now for the non-UK fans of my podcast. And I'm not shitting on it. I understand the problems. It's very difficult to get a surgery on the NHS. There's a thousand hurdles you have to jump through, but it's just not getting better. The pain isn't going away. If I wanted to just live my life without going to the gym or being a pro wrestler, I could. I don't want to live that way. I want to go to the gym and I want to be a pro wrestler. So I'm going to get operated on and I will return to that in wrestling ring. And that was me bleeping myself. Tristan Dan Whitcomb. After the events on Raw last week, can you see HBK facing someone at WrestleMania? If so, who would you like it to be? Well, we touched on that. I will refer to my previous answer. But thank you, Tom Tristan. Thomas Speller. If WCW was booked by Vince and WWE was booked by Eric Bischoff, who do you think would have won the war? I think Vince McMahon would have always won. Um, yes. I, I don't know what I've got nothing to base this on. It's not even a conversational I can chat, I can have for a while. I just think Vince McMahon, regardless what you think of him, is very, very good at booking pro wrestling. And when he's back against the wall, he's so stubborn and he is so of his own mind, I don't think he would ever let himself lose. So I would say wherever Vince was, the winner would be. I uh, just noticed in the comments, well, Niall Brooks, you'll, you will definitely be wrestling, though, Niall, 100%. In 2019, at some point, as soon as I get the green light, I am returning to pro wrestling. I'm not done. I'm kind of devastating all of this, ha all of this happened. But no, I'm 100% not done. Um, and Thomas also says, what's your thoughts on WWE 2K19, specifically showcase mode? Well, I did a review for this. If you go to VG247, uh, their YouTube channel, I did a review for them. I like it. I like it a lot. I don't think it's the greatest game in the world. I think it's the best wrestling game 2K has done. It does feel very similar to the other ones, but I like it. I just think it's fun. And I think the story mode is a work in progress, but for a, you know, a relatively early attempt, yeah, two thumbs up. Nice and easy. Uh, Afonso Cumbria, hi Simon, hope you're having a nice day, and you Afonso, who do you think is going to win the Rumble? Good question, and while you're at it, who do you think is going to be in the main event of Mania? Well, I'll go with my standard answer that I say every year, because I think they've got to do it eventually. I think the main event of Mania will be Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose, I actually don't think that's going to be next year, I think they're just going to do Seth versus Dean. But the only reason I say that is then you can have Seth Rollins win the Royal Rumble, right? And he can then finally get his revenge on Dean Ambrose, who screwed him over for the IC title somehow, I don't know. Other, other than that, I don't know. That's the best thing about the Rumble these days. Who won it this year? Nakamura. And that didn't really benefit him at all, did it? And then Autumn won the year before, I think I'm right in saying. You know what? I don't know, man. That's such a good question. And what will be the main event? If we don't do... Say that we don't do the triple threat and we just get Seth versus Dean. Who does Roman face? Drew, maybe? Maybe Drew McIntyre wins the Raw Rumble. Well, I can actually see that. That would get him over huge as well. I'm going to say Drew McIntyre. There you go. Pow. <laughs> In your face. Uh, Len McCarthy. Hey, Simon. Hope you're well. Who do you think should main event evolution? Ronda versus Nikki or Charlotte versus Becky? Personally, I think it should be the latter, but I imagine they're going to go for the former. Well, you can argue this both ways, right? From a mainstream point of view, you absolutely should go with Charlotte versus... Uh, go with Ronda versus Nikki. Ronda is the biggest star. But yeah, I think from a company standpoint, from a work rate standpoint, from a deserved standpoint, yeah, it should be Charlotte Becky. I think it will be. Uh, I think it will be Ronda versus Nikki. I got no problem either way, you know. No problem either way. Sammy Ellis, hi Simon. Do you think WWE getting rid of Pyro hasn't helped WWE in making future stars? I feel like entrances make a massive part of a wrestler's character. When you think iconic wrestlers as HBK, their entrance was awesome and helped you gravitate towards them. Absolutely. How stupid does Brock Lesnar look when he goes brah? And there's no pyros because we've come to expect it. My major issue with Pyro in 2018 is WWE making more money now than ever. So why can't the pyro come back? Saying that, I don't think it's as big a problem as some people make out. Some people say, I'm not going to watch WWE till I have pyro back. I'd pull that in a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we need to go that crazy. But no, WWE is absolutely better than py with pyro. Oh, don't forget, you don't need it. Austin never had pyro. Rock never had pyro. Bret Hart never had pyro. But you're right. I do think it, it does help. And I would like to see it come back. Yes, absolutely. Chris Connor O'Dwyer, which is a fantastic name. With it looking like Crown Jewel may be cancelled. Lots changed in the last few days, my friend, but we'll go with it. Do you think DX versus the Brothers of Destruction match and Triple Threat Universal Championship bout will go ahead on a different pay-per-view? Or will WWE just sweep it under the rug completely? Well, I think it is going to happen. Uh, Randy Orton did an interview with TM... Well, got caught, uh, uh, papped, whatever you want to call it, TMZ today. He said they're, they're going to go. They're going to go. And when that is all said and done, I will do a podcast where I just talk all about it. But I want all the facts before I talk about it. But they're going to go, is, is, is the large and the short answer. 
Adam Pearson. After a lot of my man, Adam Pearson. After a lot of mulling it over, I've decided that I'm remarkably, remarkably uncomfortable with the Evolution pay-per-view. Let me preface this by saying, as a wrestling fan who started watching at the Survivor Series 1998, I am delighted to have seen the portrayal of women in wrestling alter and progress in the way that it has, and the women certainly belong in sports and in wrestling. However, my concerns are twofold yet both are centred around the philosophy of minority politics. Firstly, is there an element of a little... Start that again. Firstly, is there an element of too little too late? A big deal is being made of this, but with little to no mention that TNA did it first, and it is more of a reaction to other indie sports and even industry have already taken these in initiatives, rather than it being a proactive evolution it has been billed as. I'll stop there, because it's quite long. We'll also say, as I am here, go check out Adam's stuff. Inspiring, to say the least, so you should go do it. I, I understand what you mean, and I don't have any, like, I understand why people have an issue with it, but I've always based my life on a simple theory, and this is true as well, and it's a Chinese proverb, I think, it may just be a proverb, and I've thrown Chinese in front of it, uh, that the best time to do something is 20 years ago or today, and what that basically means is if you've had a dream, or if you've had something you think you should have done, and you have that regret, we go, oh, I should have done it back then, don't worry about that, and just do it now, because it's never too late. Now, it doesn't really work for what I'm saying here, or what you're saying here, Adam. But because I apply that to my own life, I think as long as WWE are doing it now, we can move away from, you're right, how late they are with this, then that's a good thing. And hopefully soon it can just be the norm and we can just enjoy it for what it is. I'll carry on with, you, with your uh, thing. Can we pretend for a second that if they ran an all-black, all-gay, or all-disabled event... Uh, sorry, sorry, can we pretend that they would do that? The latter two would probably consist of three-hour Iron Man matches between Darren Young and Pat Patterson, Eugene and Zach Gowen. Historically, WWE have handled minorities awfully and are way behind the curb on representation. All this held up against the rapidly darkening situation in Saudi Arabia paints what appears to be a very hypocritical and cash-before-compassionate picture of WWE. My question, good sir, is am I being a tad unreasonable and oversensitive? Wrestling is supposed to be fun and mixing it with politics can take that fun when, where then is the line between enjoying the podcast, the podcast, the product, and holding one's principles? Sorry for the rant. Well, you've hit the nail on the head there, Adam. The problem with it is just that. That's the issue. Politics have now seeped into pro wrestling, and trying to distance yourself from that has become harder and harder. Uh, if you do do it, I have nothing against that whatsoever. It is there to be entertain you? Is for there to get your mind off your own troubles? So I don't think it's a as a mandate that you should do it. But if it does start to affect things, I don't think that's an issue. Well, it's an issue because it's happening to begin with. But I don't think it makes you. It, it happens. Of course, it happens. How can you not? Especially the Saudi Arabia thing, which blew up and became this public, worldwide thing. I, I can't, I, I, I guess I'm going to leave all my Saudi Arabia stuff until it's all said and done so I can look back at it as a whole and comment, which I will do. Um, but my thing is always, as long as they're looking forward and not backwards and the old terrible, awful stuff in the past, and they have treated minorities terribly throughout the years. They just have. I don't think anybody could argue that. But I'm hoping as we move forward, we start doing things better. As long as that does happen, even if it is too late or it has been for later than it should have been, that's a positive. But we'll see. But you're right. The evolution and Saudi Arabia pay views being like this, made my camera wiggle, is difficult, I will say. Alex Pearson. Hi, Simon. How are you? I hope you're doing well. Now on to the Gratspace question. What, in your opinion, is the best upright hold to have someone in? Headlock. Love a good headlock. I assume that's what you mean. 10 out of 10 for the headlock. Christian Brown, presuming you read this, I just want to say that I hope you enjoyed your little vacation last week without me. Just so you know, I will have my revenge. Welcome back, Christian. I read recently that Jeff Cobb said he was working with but not signed to Ring of Honor. So with that in mind, who would you like to see wrestle for what company, even on a non-regular basis? Well, Kenny Omega anywhere. I get a right kick out of Kenny Omega. Otherwise, who else? If I could, but Keith Lee was doing this anyway. I'm such a mark for Keith Lee. So I, Keith Lee. Um, Joey Janela before he got injured. Kind of like Marcus Stunt. Makes me laugh. I just think he's so unique. It's awesome. Brian Cage. Big fan of Brian Cage. I can't think of anybody else, so I'll leave it there. Speaking of wrestlings for other companies, if you could pick a company not named WWE, where would you go to wrestle outside of the fight? Man, I would work anywhere. I will wrestle anywhere. When I'm back in the ring, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I will wrestle anywhere and everywhere I can. I, I just want to get good at this. I just want to make it part of my life. So anybody that wants to have me once I'm back, if I'm, if I'm worthy of the shout, I will, uh, I, I will be in there. James Bolton. Hi, Simon. Hope you're enjoying Assassin's Creed Odyssey in WWE 2K19. My question, will we see a Simon Miller character this year, either from you or one of the content creators? Well, I'm not going to do it. 
Because one, I think I come across like the most arrogant man ever. And also I'm crap at that stuff. But somebody has made one. They tweeted it to me. And I met them at the Defiant show, I believe. So they are out there. And it's ridiculous that people are doing that. But thank you. I, re I really do appreciate it. Uh, Francesco Bozo. Hi, Simon. Hope everything's going well. How did you get into wrestling? And when did it become such a passion for you? It was weird. I was watching... I had Sky when I was a kid because my dad worked in TV. So amazingly, his company bought him Sky um, when it was like a brand new thing. Or at least it felt brand new to me. Um, and I was flicking channels one day and it was Bret Hart I now know in hindsight. So I didn't know who it was at the time. And I, I can't explain it, which makes me like an asshole, but it's true. Just something about it got me. There was something about it. I was like, I like this and I don't really know why. And I just kept watching more and more and more. And, you know, it inspired everything that I kind of base my life on now, like from the bodybuilding stuff to wanting to be a wrestler to how I wanted to live my life. And, blah, blah, blah. and again, they were just so over the top and, you know, larger than life. All the stuff you hear before that I got hooked on it. And I was hooked on it for a long time. Got banned a lot when I was a kid for doing wrestling moves on my brother. Took a few years off over university just because I didn't have access to it. And then, yeah, from sort of mid-2000s, I fell back in love with it. And that's 13 years ago now. So I've been watching it ever since. But it's one of those things you, you can't really, you, you can't really explain it. It just, you either get it or you don't. I got it and I've always got it and now I can't imagine my life without it. And now it's been really good to me as well. So, you know, I like it, I like it even more. Uh, Nick Palmer, you said for weeks you didn't see the club jumping to WWE. Just wondering if your opinions have changed with the dirt sheets reporting Japanese stars not as happy as they once were. Kind of talked about that earlier, but yeah, I, I would just say, look, it could happen. If someone put a gun to my head right now, I would say unlikely. That's, you know, that that's just my gut. But I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, great. If I'm right, great. I just like, I like these things happening. News is great. Everyone likes news. Provides talking points and why series. <laughs> Mark Rory Day. Bar Taker versus Sting. Are there any other dream matches that we're technically, that are technically possible that we never got to see that you wanted to see? Austin versus Goldberg. I mean, I loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. One of my favorites ever. I love Goldberg. One of my favorites ever. And my dad. Yeah. I wanted that desperately. And we never got it. And we could have had it at WrestleMania. We, I mean, technically, we could have had it at WrestleMania 18, Hogan versus The Rock and Goldberg versus Stone Cold if we could have made that work, but we didn't. Devastating, I tell you. Devastating. Uh, Brian Taylor. Hi, Simon. Hope you're feeling positive before you head under the surgeon's knife. All the best with the recovery. Thank you, Brian. I am. Uh, Bryn, I should say. Look at the SmackDown roster. I can't think of anyone who would provide an interesting or credible babyface feud opponent for Nakamura's title right now. He really needs it, but everyone is either busy in their own feuds or they have no momentum to be a credible challenger. Perhaps one of the New Day? Any suggestions? I would like to see the New Day do it. I'm still waiting for when the New Day stayed together, but they splinter off into their own little things, like Big E, singles push well up for that. Maybe he starts with Nakamura. But you are right, Nakamura does need to be featured more. That US title is starting to kind of drop through the floor. Because we do need something. I'm going through my... I mean, Jeff Hardy could do it. I know they started it, but never really finished. You're right. I can't think of anyone on top of my head. You're right. But there will be someone. They just, you know, they just, they just need to put somebody in the right place. Maybe Rusev down the line once he's done with Aiden English. Uh, Chris Jester. Just want to say good luck for your upcoming surgery. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You often speak about the Roman Reigns experiment being like a science experiment. It is. What if you could if you could turn the clock back to the FCW early NXT days and you were in charge of booking the entire Roman experiment, what would what would this look like? PS love the 2K19 advert voiceover. Thank you, man. And thank you to everyone. Loads of people tweet me every day saying how cool it is to hear my voice as the W2K. I am. I am the dude that goes WWE sponsors WWE. Sorry, WWE 2K19 sponsors WWE and Sky. It was an awesome opportunity that came up. Uh, thank you for the production company that reached out. They're very good dudes. I don't know. I mean, the, the problem with Roman Reigns back in the FCW days, he was a heel. And he was a great heel because he had that chip on his shoulder attitude. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would do differently because it wouldn't have changed. They picked Roman Reigns. The, the thing with Roman Reigns is there was nothing wrong with picking, with picking Roman Reigns. It was obvious when you look at him. But the difference was is that this time they dug their heels in when it wasn't working they said oh we can make this work we can make this work and now it's quite clear that they can't so i'm not sure that i would do anything different or oh, i don't know what i would have done he was always going to be this guy and the fans were either going to take him one of two ways right as they always do whereas back in the day with lex luger they changed their minds they haven't here so uh dead right dead right uh, dead right in the comments very nicely as you super chat. Thank you, Dead Right. I always appreciate when people do that. It blows my mind. Have you played Fire Pro? Will you stream it? Well, again, I haven't played it yet because I want to stream it, 
But I don't want to play it until I stream it. I am going to play it, just get good at it. I am going to stream it, yes. Again, it's a laptop issue. Basically, I'll just give you the quick story. Order a laptop to stream, because I only work on Macs, and trying to stream on Macs is hell. Ordered it a month ago. Company's completely screwed up, and I'm waiting for them to sort it all out so I can get my laptop. When I do, absolutely will play Fire Pro. Will I stream it? Absolutely will stream it too. Uh, we'll do all of those things. Uh, and I'll do a load of wrestling stuff stream. I do everything. Just games are plenty. And stuff like this. And I just want to go I just want to go nuts with, with streaming all together. Um, last question. Thomas Staples. Hi, Simon. Since our chat on episode 101, everyone should go re-listen because it's so random. They should. It was a good episode. I said Kent Anderson kept me interested in WWE when I started watching. Is there anyone who had this effect on you too? Not the person who got you watching, but who kept your interest for that first year or so. Hope to be on your podcast again soon as I have more weird and wrestling thoughts I'd love to share. Get well soon, buddy. Thomas, you can come on whenever you want. Get in touch. Um, whew. Who did I start with? So I started watching... I mean, The Undertaker was one because I started watching for Bret Hart and then I saw The Undertaker. I was like, who the hell is that? I'd say in 1997, Kane arriving got my attention again. Not that I was bored, but it certainly was like, you know, oh, gosh, i got to know who this was. The Rock, you know, when he started to get his build, I was into Stone Cold, but then all of a sudden The Rock got my attention. So, yeah, there's been loads. I'd say Rusev over the last few years as well. I know you said when I first started, but these are the guys that I feel like, eh, I'm starting to flag a little bit, and then somebody pops up. I'm like, oh, man, I want to, you know, I want to I watch this guy a bit more. Trying to think of anyone back in the day. Repo Man, of course. Can't forget Repo Man. At the top of my head, top of my head, no. No. Right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw a line under it there. And I'm not actually going to end the podcast here. Uh, I'm just going to stop the stream because I have to get my Fire Pro Wrestling list. Uh, but what I will do is I'll record another bit after this to announce who did win Fire Pro Wrestling. If you do hear your name, get in touch at Simon316 on Twitter. Just say this is me, I, I won it, and mention what username I use. Uh, you used. I'll get your details, and I'll send you out a copy of, of Fire, Fire Pro Wrestling. But I do have one more. I only gave away five. I do have one more copy to give away. So what we're going to do is this. As I round this up now, there's a live thing here with a lot of chat things in. Just write WIN in big capital letters. I'll do some ramblings. I know the stream is always a couple of minutes behind. And I will pick one at random. Simple as that. Again, tweet me at Simon. Um, I'll, I'll pick you out and uh, I'll announce you at the end of the podcast in a second that I'm going to record and you can win a copy of Fire Pro Wrestling on the PlayStation 4. But look, thank you for everyone that's come to join me for this live episode of Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. We will do it again next Wednesday because I just find it fun. A bit easier when I'm just talking by myself knowing that people are watching me live. Keeps me on my toes. We can also... Uh, you know, come follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Come join the Facebook group, Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on uh, Facebook. You just search for it and like. All of this is supported by patreon.com for Simon316. If I ever stopped, I'd have to stop the podcast. Even if you can give a dollar, please do. It helps me out no end. I think that's everything. Give us five stars on iTunes. Come subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com for some Miller Report rules. Stuff going up there all the time. But other than that, thank you for... Well, we're not actually stopping here. So I'm just going to keep rambling a bit so people in the chat can actually throw win. And yes, in about, well, two seconds, as soon as I finish, I will announce who did indeed win uh, Fire Pro Wrestling. But obviously, I've actually gone away and got my list. Well, you don't want to see me dig out a list live on air. But I will thank everyone for joining me live. And again, next Wednesday, if you want to come join me live, do. Also, check out my other gaming podcast it's called The Week in Gaming. You can watch it on YouTube or just search for it on any uh, or, or a podcast device. Right, as promised, uh, after all the guffaw at the end there, here are the winners of Fire Pro Wrestling. I'm sorry I forgot. Well, I forgot to get my list out, but I'm an idiot. So if any of these people are you, tweet me at Simon316. Don't lie. I'll find out, and we'll figure out a way to exchange uh, delivery details in a secure way, and I will get them out to you as soon as I can. But Chris Woodcock, Hader H, which I'm assuming is a, is a user. Some of these are usernames, so, you know, make sure that you're them. Billy Sins or Billy Signs, David Ayres, Bolt, Thorman, and Catflap. Catflap, you got it because you made me laugh. But you are the people to win. Please do get in touch. Thank you very much for listening to another episode. This is like two outros now, but I wanted to get those names out there, so it didn't sound like I was just making it up. That would be ridiculous. And yeah, we'll be back later uh, in the week with another episode, and we'll be back next Wednesday with this one. Love you loads. Talk to you soon. Yeah.